your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Thanksgiving edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. First of all, happy Thanksgiving. I do want to say I appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast, whether it is one episode, two episodes, ten episodes, twenty a hundred, or somehow, if you have listened to all, what is this, 375 now, um, one, you're a saint, two, you're probably crazy, because I've just been blabbering about this team on this podcast for over two years now, and I just, I love doing it, I love sharing my takes with you all on this crazy hockey team, and I'm glad that a lot of you have been along for the ride for a long time, and for all the new people that have joined this season, and you know, last season as well. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride. And again, I am, appreci- I am appreciative of every listener that listens to this show. So again, thank you all so much. I was going to have an episode on Wednesday, but I did have some plans with my girlfriend. Wanted to give you all a recap episode today as the Penguins get that fourth straight win, 4-1 to one, over the Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver looked absolutely horrid. Um, that's a team I think that's going to make a lot of changes should probably start up at the top with Jim Benning. I don't really know what he's been trying to do there for the last eight years. I still think it's kind of crazy that he has been there for the last eight years. But right from the drop of the puck, I think my, my, my biggest takeaway, you could tell that the Penguins were probably going to win this game. I mean, they were very engaged. I know there was some sloppy play, but overall, they were putting a lot of shots on Thatcher Demko, who I think, in my opinion, is going to be on Team USA. He's probably going to be that third goalie. But... Um, just, you know, again, the team was really engaged. I thought, you know, all four lines were humming. The defensive pairs were, you know, making the timely pinches. Tristan Jari was making some really dazzling saves in the first period. I know he wasn't too busy in that period, but again, you know, the biggest takeaway, I thought, you know, they just, they were really engaged right from the get-go. Um, another big one, Evan Rodriguez. I mean, I don't really know what to say at this point. He has seven goals and we're not even at game 20 yet. That is absolutely crazy to me and something that I know no one really saw coming. I mean, I thought he was going to be a fine depth forward coming to this year. And I said this on my last episode, you know, I I know a lot of people did not like the decision to bring back Rodriguez because of what Freddie Goudreau did in a fourth line role. I know a lot of people wanted, you know, Goudreau to continue with the team, but you know, after he signed that two-year contract, it was kind of like, okay, you know, I guess it was definitely in both parties' best interest to walk away. But, you know, seeing what Evan has done this year, I definitely think that, you know, some people are kind of walking back that take on Freddie Goudreau, because that goal that he had um on Wednesday night, I mean, what a freaking shot that was. I mean, I mean, and I'm in all seriousness, that was ridiculous. I mean, the way he was so patient with the puck waiting on Demko to go down a little bit. The Canucks were not pressuring him for whatever reason, and he was able to fire that top cheese. Just a ridiculous goal by Rodriguez and goes to show that, you know, just how good of a player that he's been this season. You can put him anywhere in the lineup. I don't really care. You want to put him on the fourth line? Okay, we can do that. You want to put him on the third line? Cool. You want to put him on the second line? You want to put him on Cindy Crosby's line? If, God forbid, Jake Ensel or Brian Russ get hurt, hopefully they do not, that's fine too. But, 
He's such a versatile player, and he's on such a heater right now that, again, you just you, you take what you get at this point. I mean, he's on pace for well over 20 goals right now. I don't think he's going to hit 20 by the end of the season. I am will be more than happy to be wrong. But, again, you know, he, he has just been awesome this year, arguably their best forward up to this point, and it's really nice to see him contributing or continuing to contribute to this team. We also finally got to see Zach Aston Reese pot his first one of the season. I know I've talked a lot about Aston Reese on this podcast this year about you know how an offensive explosion could be coming at some point. Well, hopefully this one is the start of that. I liked how he shot the puck there on that two-on-one because I mean you know the Penguins' struggles are you know, they're well documented with you know not shooting on two-on-ones. They always have to just force the extra pass for whatever reason. I've never really understood it. But, you know, really nice to see Zar be rewarded with that goal after playing really well defensively to start of the season. And, of course, I can't forget Brian Russ. I'm not going to really go into the Brock McGinn goal. That's just an empty never. But, you know, Russ there gets a nice one-timer past Demko. You could honestly tell how excited he was because he looked straight up kind of to the heavens and was like, Thank the freaking Lord that I just scored. Um, again, this was his first goal since opening night. This was also his first goal on an NHL goaltender this season. It's almost taken to game 20 for that to happen. That's how crazy it's been for Russ and how much he's struggled ever since opening night. Because Again, the only goal that he had was an empty netter when the game was basically over at that point. So the fact that it's taken him this long to score... And basically an actual NHL goal is nothing short of remarkable, but hopefully this is the start of him really producing a lot more. Because, I mean, again, you know, he's definitely been, I think, a bit of a disappointment for a large section of the Penguins fan base because, you know, he's not his normal self. He's been banged up a lot. I still, Part of me still thinks that he is not 100% just by, you know, his body language and how he's skating and how, you know, he's not really getting to those high-danger areas that he's used to getting to. But after what I saw last night, again, hopefully this is the start of something really big for Russ because... He is one of their more important players. And again, he can pot 25 to 30 a year. He's done that the last couple of seasons. He cannot be this cold for a full season. It's just the depth scoring. I'm not going to say it's going to dry up completely, but you know some of these guys that are on heaters right now, it's not going to continue to be that way. There's going to be some regression, and you're going to need one of your top players in Brian Russ to you know shoulder the load, put the team... I shouldn't say put the team on his back a little bit, but you know just... Play the way that he's played at the last couple of seasons, and then that should be good enough, I think, for the team. When he does that, obviously it'd be awesome, but we have still yet to see him do that this season. Again, though, really nice start from Russ last night. You could tell that he really wanted that one. Going into some of the underlying numbers from this game, if I can find this here real quick, the deserve to win um the deserve to win. Meter from Money Puck, 74% for the Penguins, um, 26% for the Canucks. Um, if you look at the uh, expected goals, all situations, 3.91 for the Penguins, 1.94 for the Canucks. So basically, that lines up with the eye test. And if you look at the cumulative expected goals, it was even for a while, and then the Penguins just took it to a new level. Um, right around the 10-minute mark, they started to really outplay them, and then the, right after the first period, and then they made a huge jump at the 35-minute mark. Um, the Penguins expected goals mark at that point, basically at the end, almost at the end of the second period, 2.52 compared to 1.22 for the Canucks, and then again, it, it got even worse as the period got on. The Canucks did not have a shot in the third period until, I, I kid you not, 
until around like the 11 or 12 minute mark. That is a team that has definitely given up. And you can just tell by watching them. And it's sad because, you know, I'll take the L on it. I'll probably get old takes exposed for this. I had Vancouver as a playoff team this year. I mean, I had them finishing, I think, what, third or fourth of the Pacific. I thought their high-end talent was going to be good enough to mask the deficiencies in their lineup, notably their depth and their porous defense. I knew Demko was going to be pretty good, but that has not happened because their depth has been even worse than I thought. And again, Vancouver has a really good core. You look at some of these players, right? JT Miller, who's now Trey Rivers, Brock Besser, Elias Peterson, Quinn Hughes, Bo Horvat, Connor Garland, Tanner Pearson, Jason Dickinson. There's a lot of really good talent here. It's just the players around them freaking stink. And that a lot of that is Jim Benning. They're going to have to make a move here, I think, at some point, in my opinion. So... Overall, this was a win, I think, that, you know, the Penguins, they needed to take care of business, and they did exactly that. That's four in a row, eight out of eight points. They're still in a playoff spot, five points out of third in the Metro right now, and they have a sweet rematch going to Long Island to the UBS Arena to take on an Islanders team that's not only struggling, but, you know, they have a lot of players out right now due to COVID-19 and injuries. So we're going to get to that a little bit later on in this episode. The Friday episode is going to be a game recap of the Penguins-Islanders game because that is, I believe, I think that's an evening start. I'm about 99% sure I don't think it's an afternoon start. But coming up in the next segment, we're also going to get into some Tristan Jari Jari discussion, excuse me, and, you know, why I think as each passing game goes, I get more and more comfortable about him in the playoffs. We're also going to do a preview of the New York Islanders game and a few more tidbits about that game against Vancouver. But before we do that, though, um, so... I, I love Thanksgiving. Obviously, that was today. There was so much good food and treats, and there's plenty of them. And maybe you still want that yummy dessert a day later, but it isn't so full of calories and sugar. That means it's the perfect time for a Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Bilt Bar or go for a raspberry Bilt Bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, you can go for a Built Bar or two. Obviously, Thanksgiving just passed, so you can still go for a Built Bar anytime you want. There's new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There is nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday market calendar. That is tomorrow. It will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises from Built Bar. You can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, I mean, again, Tristan Jari, I don't really know what else to say at this point. He has been a rock for this team this season. Now, with goals saved above expected, 7 Point nine. He's approaching Connor Hellebuck. So the goalies that are above him, Bobrovsky, Jack Campbell, Frederick Anderson, Igor Shesterkin, Carter Hart, Jacob Markstrom, Connor Hellebuck, and Tristan Jari. So both goaltenders from the state of Pennsylvania have been dynamite this season. And I will say it again, as each passing day goes, I get more and more comfortable. This is going to sound scary for some of you, but I get more and more comfortable that he is going to go into the playoffs and absolutely kill it. Okay, 
Now, now that I said that, I'm going to take a step back for a second. I understand that, you know, once we get to that point, if he's still playing at or near this level, it's all going to be out the door, right? You got to show up when it matters most. And I think if he continues this trajectory, he should be able to do that. I would start him against the Islanders on Friday. It makes the most sense. Send him up to Long Island. I know it's not the same arena, but send him up there and let him handle those demons. That's the team that flat out embarrassed him just a few short short months ago. Send him out to the Wolves and have him be like, hey, I'm not that goalie anymore, and I'm going to prove that I'm not, and I'm going to go out here and win this game for my team. That's what I want Mike Sullivan to do. You can start Casey Smith against the Canadians at home. Montreal is just so bad this year. Anyway, they're probably worse than the Islanders are at this point. I think the Islanders are going to wake up at some point. But again, he was just sensational against the Canucks. These last four games that he started, he's only given up two goals. His save percentage is around 975, 980, 983 or something like that. He is just on a an insane heater right now. Per money puck, he has a 962 save percentage on unblocked shots. He also has an expected save percentage of 953 on unblocked shots. Goals against average of 2.03. His overall save percentage is 933. Um, he's probably fine with getting this amount of workload. I mean, why wouldn't he be? I mean, he's the starter at this point. Um, he's even said so to the media these last couple of days that he wants to keep starting because he's, he's getting more confidence as each day goes. That is the main one of the main reasons why I would start him against the Islanders. But, you know, even when the team was not, st- well, I shouldn't say not starting out well because they did, but when their play dipped a little bit during the game against Vancouver, he was always there to make a key save. There was a breakaway in the first period. I'm pretty sure it was JT Miller on that breakaway, if I'm not mistaken. And Jari was able to shut the door there. The game could have been a lot different had he scored on that one. And the only goal that he allowed was just a beautiful shot from Bo Horvat. I mean, he really, Jari had no chance on that. But overall, just again, another strong performance. And I really hope that he is shutting out quite a few people right now. He definitely is with me. Um at this point. Now, for some other players who I thought were really good against Vancouver, um, Jason Zucker was around 80% um, of the expected goals. He led the team in that per-money puck. He continues to be pretty stellar, I think, this season. I know some people in the Penguins fan base have not thought that just because he hasn't scored a lot, but you know, he's driving play at 5v5. He's been a really good playmaker. As long as he keeps doing that, I think the goals are going to come in bunches. You know, he's too good of a player to be held off the score sheet while playing like this. This is nothing like we saw from Jason last year. I understand that his contract is quite hefty, but I don't think, again, this is anything close to what we saw from him last year. Jeff Carter was almost around 80% as well. Kasperi Kapanen, I will say, pretty decent game, had about 65% of the expected goals when he was on the ice for Pittsburgh. It's a step in the right direction, though you still want to see him finish some of these chances. Um, is that Aston Reese? About 62% of the expected goals. Dominic Simone was right there as well. Teddy Bluger with Chris Letang right there. Brock McGinn. Denton Heinen, Marcus Pedersen, Mike Matheson around 50%. The ones that struggled a little bit, um, again, Sid, I'll keep saying it, everyone. He still has to get his legs back. Um, I thought he was sloppy on a few plays during the game against Vancouver. I mean, he was also robbed point blank by Thatcher Demko on a couple of occasions. Just some gorgeous 10-bell saves by Demko. Um, other times, though, again, I thought he was sloppy with the puck, making some ill-advised passes, not taking the puck um, on his stick like normal. 
I do think at some point here over the next week, I think that's going to be my main prediction, over the next week you're going to really start to see Sid score or assist in a lot of plays, and they're going to come in bunches. I really do believe that. You can tell that he's really, really close to breaking out. I, I see it in his game. I know he's been sloppy. I know last night probably wasn't the best, but you know the good plays that he did make. You can just, again, you can just tell that it's it, it's coming, and I think it's going to come sooner rather than later. I think Mike Matheson was fine. Again, he is a player that if you're not talking about him too much, that's perfectly fine. I mean, he's a bottom pairing defenseman. It's the same with Trevor Weedle. If you're not talking about those players that much, that is a okay. That means that they are doing. Their job. The fact that Mike Matheson hasn't had a screw up in about a week, week and a half, that's the best case scenario. He hasn't really wowed anyone offensively this year. He hasn't had that big play since probably the game against Toronto when he had that amazing wraparound. But, I mean, he'll do that sometimes. But if he's fine in the defensive zone, which he has been for the last seven and ten days, and if he's making the right pinches in the, in the offensive zone and he's not turning the puck over on a every shift kind of basis, he's doing his job. I know his contract is a lot of money, but I think he's been fine lately. And not, not enough people are talking about that. But, again, I also don't mind that because I don't want to jinx it with him. And, yes, I will give Brian Dumoulin praise here. He was around 60% of the expected goals uh, on Wednesday night against Vancouver. This is now his third pretty strong game in a row. You're really starting to see his skating um, come back to form. His decision-making has been a lot better. His plays defensively have been a lot better. And, you know, he's a player that it's so funny because he doesn't really have a lot of offensive ability, but he is still a well-above-average player in the NHL, and you don't really see that too often with players that don't have a lot of offensive ability. Usually those kind of players, they're average, you know, they're okay, but Dumoulin, I mean, he's definitely against the curve, if that reference makes sense, in that capacity. I've, I've noticed that for a, a large bulk of his career, and, you know, the fact that his offense has never really come, and he's still been one of the better top four defenders in the league just speaks volumes to how good of a player he is. And, you know, I, I really think that he, you know, he's really starting to turn the corner here after a really slow start to the season. Well, we're all again, big win by Pittsburgh. They're still in a playoff spot. The next segment, we're going to preview the game against the Islanders and why they have struggled so much this year. But before we do that, it is Thanksgiving and we all know what that means. There's football. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. That means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. You can head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. And it's not just football. They have pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, we are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. We have been waiting a long time to have this rematch, but Pittsburgh will be on Long Island to play the New York Islanders on Friday. Um, I'm just going to get the start time here correct. Um, Pittsburgh plays them 7.30 on Long Island. They have a 57.3% chance to win per money puck. The uh, Friday matinee Black Friday game will be the Rangers versus the Bruins. That will be on ABC. Then I think the 3.30 game, the Blackhawks-Blues game, will be on Hulu and ESPN+. I think that's going to be an exclusive broadcast. Um, 
kind of thing. But as for the Islanders this year, um, they've been a mess, but a lot of it I wouldn't say is their full. I mean, their expected goals at 48.3%, that's bad, but 44% of the actual goals, they are really struggling to score. But think about it. Brock Nelson's hurt right now. I think he's out for the next two to four weeks. Ryan Pollock, their second best defenseman. I think Pollock is a bit better than him. He is hurt. And there's a whole lot more. Um, Kiefer Bellows is day-to-day with COVID. Zdeno Charner is also on the COVID list. Josh Bailey is out. Um, Adam, pa- oh, Actually, I did not realize that Alan Pollock is hurt. So he's day-to-day at this point. Andrew Green is also day-to-day. And Anders Lee is out right now as well. So that is basically nine regulars. Oh, no, eight regulars for the Islanders at this point. That is how bad it has been for the Islanders this season. There are lines right now coming into this game. Richard Ponick is going to be on the top line with Matt Barzell and Zach Parise. Kyle Palmieri with Jean-Gabriel Pajot and Anthony Beauvillier. Their third line has two players that I've never even heard of with Oliver Wallstrom. And then their fourth line is intact with Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck, Dumb and Dumber, as I like to call them, and then Casey Zizekas, who always basically carries them. Their defense without Pelik and Pulak, if both of them are not available, I know Pelik is day-to-day, but Pulak will not be in. Robin Salo with Scott Mayfield. Thomas Hickey with Paul Ledoux. I don't even know who that is. Sebastian Ajo, the other one, with Grant Hutton. That honestly might be the worst offensive corpse uh, in the Metropolitan Division. The Penguins should be able to win this game, but I I could honestly see just the Islanders having a marked dunk kind of thing. Their power play ranks close to dead last in the league. I think a lot of Islander fans are just waiting for the assistant head coach that runs that unit to be fired, but I don't really think Barry Trotz is going to do that. Um, the math right now for New York is not good. I think that I think per Dom's model, they have around a 20% chance to make the playoffs right now. And obviously they are going to get basically all of these guys back at some point. And I think they're going to start to win some more games. It's just, will it be too late at that point? They're already 10 points out of the playoff spot right now. I know it's only, what, a month, month and a half into the season. Still, though, I know there's a, like I just said, there's a long way to go. But it's, it's it's a steep hill to climb. If there's any team that can do it, it's probably the Islanders just because Trotz is such a good coach. But they really have been banged up for a lot of the season. I would expect Sorokin to probably start that game. But and they could also go to Varlamov as well. But, I mean, yeah, it just, again, looking at the underlying numbers and everything for the Islanders, they only have 46% of the shot attempts at 5v5. That's also close. Um I mean, it's not last, but it's closer to last um, than it is to the top 15. That's for sure. It's just been a really hard season. Their goals for per 60, 1.99. That's also one of the worst marks in the league. Their expected goals for per 60, 2.38. Matt Barzell, I think, only has eight points in 16 games this year, if that sounds right. He has not been the same Matt Barzell that we're used to seeing. Their expected goals against per 60, 2.53. Their actual goals against per 60, 2.53. So that's been staying in line, but those aren't Islanders kind of numbers. Usually, we're used to seeing that number below two. And the fact that it's not... At that point, this year just goes to show that they have struggled defensively as well. But again, they have eight to nine regular players out right now due to a mix of COVID and injuries. It has just been a really rough start to the season for them. But this is still not a team that the Penguins should take lightly. They embarrassed them. Well, I shouldn't say they embarrassed them in the playoffs. Pittsburgh outplayed them. It was Tristan Jari that gave that game away. And again, I would start Tristan Jari if I were Mike Sullivan. And I think he will. And remember, before I let you all go, Stay tuned for Friday. I am hoping that the little birdie comes through with a nice little jersey 
drop or a third jersey drop that is on the Penguin social media. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Again, I appreciate all of you taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll have another one of these on Friday to as a game recap of the Penguins Islanders game before they also will play on Saturday against the Montreal Canadiens and then they will have that big big Western Canadian road trip but hope you all have an amazing Thanksgiving stuff your faces with all that food and drinks and I'll talk to you all again on Friday